0: tonight the message God's laid on your heart for this morning and we will listen to you very prayerfully. Thank you so much Brother Roger. It's really a blessing to be at at Little West Fork Baptist Church during these days and I appreciate your Christian hospitality and everything that everybody has done to make these precious days Days that will be remembered a long, long time. And I appreciate the honor of working with my wonderful brother, Brother Roger. He has taught me so much, and I've learned a great deal from him. And he's been patient with me, and I thank the Lord for his ministry, his service to the Lord. And uh, Roger and Glenn and their family have been a godly example to everybody everywhere they've been. They've been a blessing to me. And it's such a blessing to be with you. Night after night, we have studied the book of Revelation. Tonight, the Lord willing, we will study from Revelation chapter 20 and 21. The theme tonight, where is heaven? Where is heaven? And I hope you'll bring someone. And then at the 5 o'clock service, we'll be having those slides of the land of the Bible. And I hope you won't miss that. That'll be a blessing and a joy as we once again tell the story of Christ and His crucifixion and His resurrection. And we tell this in slide form. And I hope you will not miss that tonight, uh, presenting those slides. The Lord willing, if we have the time, we will present also some slides of Japan and and Lana Oi's ministry there. So I hope you'll be here tonight at 5 and then at the evening service at 6. Bring someone with you who needs Jesus. Let's pray that God will move in a powerful way. Now this morning, I have felt impressed to change the message I was going to bring. And I want to speak to you from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1. Would you open your Bible, please, to Isaiah chapter 1, one verse. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. It's a familiar verse, one that many of you have known by heart. And I'd like to ask you to read it with me. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 as we think together in just a little while Of the seven marvels of God's grace the seven marvels of God's grace May we bow together in prayer, please Our Heavenly Father we thank thee for the privilege of being in God's house this morning Thank you for the wonderful songs the way they have blessed and enriched our hearts We thank you for this Sermon and song have you counted the cost? We're grateful for leading visitors here today and all the members We pray that as we once again look at the riches of God's grace And we'll hear the Lord Jesus speaking Holy Spirit do your work with conviction and Conversion we're totally dependent upon thee and I ask father that I might get out of the way And yet be in the way the way of the Lord and may Jesus have free course in operative power today in Christ's name Amen in Isaiah 1 verse 18 would you read that verse with me everyone together come now and let us reason together saith the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool. I wish you had marked that verse in your Bible. It's one of the great verses of the Word of God. And this morning we're thinking of the theme, grace greater than our sins. And we connect this passage with that verse in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. And in Romans 5, 19, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And in Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the whole of the glory of God. The seven marvels of God's grace, revealed in Isaiah 1:18, are simply a summary of what we see throughout the scriptures as we think of God's infinite, marvelous grace. Isaiah seem to have a task of constantly holding before the people God's wonderful invitation to come but at the same time announcing a terrible judgment for those who would not come it is impossible to understand the grace of God without understanding the blackness of the background of man's sin the book of Isaiah is a miniature Bible there are 66 chapters in the Bible there are 66 books in the Old Testament there are 39 chapter or 39 books in the New Testament there are 27 books in the first part of Isaiah there are 39 chapters chapters 1 through 39 reveal The prophecies concerning the coming of Christ. When we come to chapter 40 through 66, those 27 chapters present the Christ. The Old Testament predicts Christ. The New Testament presents Christ. The first section of Isaiah predict the coming of Christ. The second section of Isaiah present Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes We are healed as if it were already in the past tense Isaiah is giving us this Now actually Isaiah divides itself into three sections in chapter 1 through 48 and then 49 through 57 and 58 through 66 in each of these sections we see the glorious invitation and a terrible word of judgment for all those who reject that invitation in the first section the invitation is Isaiah 118 come now come let us reason together saith the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool but that section ends in Isaiah 48:22. There is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. No peace. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 1 introduces the second section. Listen, O coasts, unto me. Hearken ye peoples from the far. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the body of my mother hath he made mention of my name. Listen, come. That's the the invitation of Isaiah. Come, listen. But that section ends In chapter 57 verse 22 20 and 21 but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest whose waters cast up mire and dirt there is no peace saith my God to the wicked the third section of Isaiah beginning in chapter 58 cry aloud spare not lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins In verse 13 if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath from doing thy pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight the holy of the Lord honorable and shall honor him not doing thine own ways nor finding thine own pleasure nor speaking thine own words then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. In this section, Isaiah is calling God's people from a waywardness. He is sending out the invitation, come, come, come from your sins, come from your folly, come from your foolishness. And in this particular area, he's talking about the Lord's day. If you turn away from defiling that holy day, the Sabbath, one of the great problems we face in America today is the profaning of God's special day Lord's Day turning Sunday into fun day turning the Lord's Day into a holiday making it a shopping day doing all of our grocery shopping and going after shirts and shoes and dresses and coats on the Lord's Day the Bible says that one of the reasons God's people went into captivity In the Old Testament was because for years and years and years they profaned that holy day, the Sabbath day. And this last section of Isaiah closes with a severe judgment warning. For behold, Isaiah 66, 15. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire and in the last part of this chapter he deals with the second coming of Jesus and he says in light of the glorious coming of Christ this is a solemn warning an open invitation but a solemn warning to turn 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 back to God and so we go back to Isaiah 1 and as we think of the seven marvels of God's infinite marvelous grace his mercy His divine compassion. I cannot help but think of Dr. Charles E. Fuller who for 40 years preached on the old-fashioned revival hour and over and over again his theme was God's infinite grace. God seemed to use him as a span between the days of Billy Sunday and the days of Billy Graham. And God made this a great revival hour and thousands of people heard that glorious invitation. And much of what I say to you this morning, I learned from that great warrior of the cross, Dr. Fuller. As we think of these seven marvels of God's grace, let's dwell for a few moments on this section. Have you ever noticed the universal plan of jewelers? Everywhere you go, they display those diamonds against a black background, some dark velvet cloth. And somehow the glitter and beauty of those jewels seems to be enhanced by the dark background. So it is with God's grace. We cannot understand God's infinite marvelous grace except against the black background of man's tyranny and sin. Charles Spurgeon used to say, across the black background, Of man's sin God has erected a glorious causeway of grace and against the dark background of our sins my sins your sins the sins of the people of our world God has erected a glorious causeway of grace and anyone that gets on that causeway goes over the gulf that separates earth from heaven and safely can come home to the Lord. And so we see against the black background of our sin God's causeway of grace. And if you look at Isaiah 1, before we get to verse 18, Isaiah points this out. First of all, in verse 2, Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider man's thoughtlessness. The ox knows, the ass knows, but God's people, who were made in His own image, have forgotten the Creator in our thoughtlessness. Look in verse five. Why should ye be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. And the whole heart is faint. There is no soundness. There's no righteousness. There's nothing but sin in our lives. Look in verses 10 to 17. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the Lord God, ye people of Gomorrah what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me saith the Lord I am full of the bird offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats when ye come to appear before me who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts bring no more vain oblations and so on he's talking about man's formalism of worship we go through the motions We sing the pretty little songs. We gather ourselves together. We sing. We go through prayers. We put up with the preacher until 12 o'clock. And then we go back into our life saying, don't disturb me. I'll live like I want to live. And God says, against that black background of sin, waywardness, thoughtlessness, rebellion carelessness God still loves and he extends all day his arm of love Now I want us to notice against that dark sin the sin of my life your life the sins of the corporate the corporate sins of the people of America the sins of the people of our world the awful putrefying sores in our lives. God has a sevenfold ministry of grace to us, and it's revealed in Isaiah 1.18. First of all, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The first marvel of God's grace is that God should forgive at all that God should forgive at all God could have dealt with us according to our sins God is just God is holy God is righteous God is pure and that God should forgive us at all is the marvel of marvels never should we be tempted to say God isn't fair that God should forgive any of us at all is the marvel of God's grace the soul that sinneth that shall die be not deceived god is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap be sure your sin will find you out the wages of sin is death but god in his infinite love extends his grace the first marvel of god's grace that god should forgive it all secondly That God should forgive all not just part but all that God should forgive all of our iniquities though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool he will save to the uttermost all who will come to God by him and all those ugly sins of our lives God will cleanse and forgive all of it. Thirdly, that he is willing to reason with sinners. That he is willing to reason with sinners is a marvel of God's grace. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Let us put the matter straight. Let's settle your soul's destiny once and for all. Let's settle it now now forever once and forever the marvel of god's grace he's willing to reason with sinners you go before a judge of the earth you're guilty the judge doesn't reason with you he pronounces the doom and the judgment and the sentence but the god of all creation the god of all the earth the sovereign of this universe Says to every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. Come, come, let us reason together. Sit down, let's think the matter through. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And the thinking man has to think of the consequences. Not many people can be saved until they realize how lost they are. Not many men and women can move in on God's wonderful, forgiving grace until they understand how terrible their sins are, how derelict, how morally bankrupt. Just think God is willing to reason with us. Fourthly, that God should offer to reason with us after all he has already done. After Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross He who knew no sin became sin for me, for you, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. If you want to know how much God loves, you can think of the universe and all the marvels of God's wonderful universe. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. If you really want to know how much God loves, Look, at His infinite providence to you and me. Anybody that drove a car to this place this morning, you came within just a hair's breadth of death. You came, sometimes you've driven your car and you've noticed that somehow God seemed to steer the car just a little bit, just an inch, a quarter of an inch out of the way so you avoid a terrible tragedy. That's God's providential care in your life. But if you really want to know how much God loves, come with me to Calvary and there see the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world coming in point of time. He touched blind eyes and caused them to see. He interrupted funeral processions and raised dead people to life. He touched people who were lame in their limbs and caused their limbs to be restored to strength then they led him to Calvary the soldiers gambled for his garments they spit on him they flogged him they blindfolded him they slapped him pulled his beard and said if you're really the son of God tell us who it is that hit you then out at Calvary they drove those nails in his hands The crown of thorns was on his brow and the blood trickled down his cheeks and fell at the foot of the cross, forming a pool of blood that sinners plunged beneath that blood should lose all their guilty stains. And while he was dying on the cross, he looked into the face of God the Father and he said, Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The marvel of God's grace. That God should offer to reason with us. After all he did at Calvary for us. God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish but have everlasting life. He's still willing to reason. He's still willing to reason. But oh my friend. There's coming a day. When God's willingness to reason will be over and God's patience will have been exhausted. But today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. God is willing to forgive. Fifthly, the fifth marvel of God's grace, that God should not only forgive but transform the sinner. Come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Listen, God does not wash scarlet sins white. God washes scarlet sinners white. He never whitewashes sin. God hates sin. Though our sins be as scarlet, it should be as white as snow. And the marvel of God's grace is that he transforms the sinner. He takes you from where you used to be to where you can be on display before the world with what God can do for a sinner. That's a marvel of God's grace. Jesus said, the one that is forgiven much will love much. I've observed through the years When a poor, despicable, destitute, lost sinner comes to Christ and receives God's forgiveness. He has a spirit of meekness and teachableness and humility. And God takes all those sins away and hides them and places them in the depths of the sea remembers them against us no more. The marvel of God's grace. That God not only forgives but he transforms the sinner. You've heard about Mel Trotter. Mel Trotter was a derelict. He was an utter despicable man. He was a drunk. An alcoholic we would call him today. He was so lost in his alcoholism and drunkenness. His wife left him their little child got sick the wife urged him please go down to the pharmacy and get some medicine so our little child can get well and Mel took the money and instead of going to the pharmacy he went to a liquor store and got drunk the little child died he came in stood by the casket and looked around nobody was looking He reached down in the casket and took the shoes off his little dead child's feet. Covered them with a blanket. Took those shoes. Went down to the liquor store and pawned them for some more liquor. He was gone. He was on his way out to the lake to commit suicide. To end it all. What's the use I can't be used. I can't control. There's nothing I can do. It's all hopeless. It's all an end. And he heard the singing of the Pacific Garbage. He went in and listened. There was a note of hope. And that night, Mel Trotter moved in on this glorious invitation. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And he gave his life to Jesus. And Jesus not only washed those scarlet, that scarlet sinner white. He forgave him. He transformed him. And sent Mel Trotter back into the battle of life to start rescue missions. So that other derelicts could be saved. That's what he'll do for you, whoever you are. There's not a man, woman, boy, or girl within the sound of my voice today who has gone so far away from God's grace, God's love. But what if you'll come and turn the leftovers of your life to Jesus? Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The sixth marvel of God's grace that God should forgive and transform and make us new creatures on such simple terms. Come now, come, the simple terms of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Come, come, come. Come, John 6 37 says he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out just come such simple terms if you had to pay a million dollars some would try if you had to take a trip to Jerusalem some would try if you had to live a holy life some would do their very best but the simple terms of the glorious gospel the grace of God Just this come come you say preacher it must be more complex than that this Bible has one message from Genesis to Malachi and from Matthew to Revelation 1900 times the word C O M E appears come come with your sins come with your sorrow come with your faith come with your questions come with your leftovers Come with your bankruptcy, but come. The last chapter of this Bible, as if the Lord were afraid somebody would misunderstand, in Revelation 22, he said, 17, he says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Come. Come. Come, and if you'll come, I want to assure you on the authority of this precious book, God said he will forgive you and cleanse you and transform you and redeem you. Write your name in heaven and make you somebody God can use here in Clarksville, Tennessee, or wherever God sends you to the ends of the earth. The marvel of God's grace that God should forgive us and cleanse us and transform us on such simple terms come just come repentance toward God faith in the Lord Jesus Christ only believe put your trust in Christ last of all the marvel of God's grace that God should be so long suffering and bear so patiently our refusals He said come I said not today he said come some other day come not now Lord come over and over and over again God's infinite grace was extended I want to show you what I mean how many in this room this morning can say the very first time I ever heard Jesus speak to my heart that very moment that's the moment that I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I didn't put him off. I didn't wait. The very moment he spoke to my heart, that's the day I gave my heart to Christ. How many of you would say that? Lift your hands. I just see one. I've seen that all across the congregations wherever I've preached. How many of you would have to say like I say, he stood at my heart's door mid sunshine and rain. And patiently waited an entrance to gain what shame that so long he entreated in vain but now he is precious to me I didn't receive him at first but he was long-suffering he was patient with me he came again and again and knocked on my heart's door and I finally opened my heart to the Lord how many of you have to say that most of us that's the marvel of God's grace that God in his infinite patience and wisdom and love extends that patience a little bit longer. Some of you here have put Jesus off a lot of times. you said, not today, I'll get saved by and by. Not now, not today, not, not this moment, but some other time. God in his grace comes again and again and again. But listen. In 2 Peter chapter 3, God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's will. But the book we've been studying every night, and we'll come back to tonight, tells us indelibly, written in red, in scarlet, in gold, in indelible black there comes a day when God's patience will be done there's a line that is drawn by rejecting our Lord where the call of his spirit is lost and you hurry along with the pleasure mad throng. but have you counted have you counted the cost you may barter your hope of eternity's morn for a moment of joy at the most for the glitter of sin the things that will win but have you counted have you counted the cost God's grace extends to you now, extends to me now. There's coming a day when it no longer will be there. I urge you to come under that wonderful grace of God. Receive Jesus as your Savior. Trust him as your Lord today. Don't say no when God says go. May we bow our heads in prayer, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. While we wait before Jesus for just a moment Examine your heart on this question Do I know for sure If I died today I'd go to heaven Am I positive I'm saved Would you ask your heart that God's grace extends to you today Whoever you are Whatever your burden Whatever your heart cry God loves you dear friend Turn to him today and just simply say, Lord, I need you. I invite you into my heart to be my savior. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the marvels of God's grace. We pray that just now someone in this auditorium would say, Jesus, here's my life. I give it to you. I confess to you my sins. I hear now repent of sin and turn to Jesus. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Will you stand please? Let's stand together. Number 240. Just as I am without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God. I come. I come. This is God's invitation to you. And I want to ask you to come. Come with your sins. Come with your sorrow. Come with your faith. Come with your lack of faith. But come. You say, preacher, there's some things I don't understand about the Bible. You come and say, Jesus, there are a lot of things I don't understand about the Bible, but I know you died for me, and I want to trust your death and resurrection as enough to cleanse me. You say, preacher, I don't have the feeling today that I ought to have jesus doesn't tell you to wait for the feeling he says come 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 and if you know you need god if you'll come he won't cast you out he'll cleanse and forgive you will you come while we begin to sing quickly step out for god right now will you come moving your membership coming to trust jesus as your savior coming anyway god's holy spirit has put on your heart to come come as we sing